Chris Hillenberg. Welcome to Hear Women Tell. I'm your host. This is where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. And today we're going to be talking to Mary Jo Machek. Machek, is that right? Machek. Actually, it's Machek, and it's the trickiest name you want to run into, I think. <laughs> uh, Mary Jo was the 2009 winner of the Julie Andrews Artist in Residence Award in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, in 2007, she was the winner of the NAPPA Honors for Original CD, uh, which was Missing the Muffin Man. What's that stand for, Mary Jo? Oh, uh, NAPPA Awards yeah. is the National Association of Parenting Publications Award. Oh, okay. And then again in 1999, you won a gold award for Books Are Celebrations, right? Yes, that's right. That was a it was a tape at the time. Now it's a CD, and it's a a mix of stories and songs and uh, some rhymes as well, all centered around the fun of reading in the library. Mm. I, I know you're a, actually a minstrel storyteller. Is that right? <laughs> that's what I've been calling myself for a good many years. Yeah. So what, I know that you were originally you were classically trained as a, a violinist as a child. Was that it? Yes, I grew up in Pittsfield, Mass, and was lucky enough to grow up in a family that really loved music. So there was, there was all there was always music. My father was singing, or my mother, and in fact, my brother turned out to be a professional drummer. Hmm. But there was a wonderful community music school there with a really high caliber of teaching, and it still exists. And I still go there, even though I live an hour away now. But uh, I grew up with violin lessons from a man named Jan Stocklinski, and mm. he was as real a deal as his name might might make you think. Wow. So, so you started out as a violinist, and have you picked up other instruments since then to incorporate in your storytelling? Well, I play guitar during my shows. It's very basic folk telling, uh, you know, just folk guitar, and I love to sing. So singing has really been the instrument. Um, you know, once in a while, just for color, at a show I might pick up a recorder and play a little tune as an intro or, or use chimes or drums or have children use percussion instruments just to get variety and flavor and, and a different color for the ear to listen to during the course of the show. Right. You know, I I uh, started playing guitar when I was 13 and and you know, I can't I I can't imagine going from playing a fretted instrument to playing a non-fretted instrument like a violin. I'm assuming that it is a little easier to go from a violin to a fretted instrument like a guitar. You know, I guess it seems that way to me, but on the other hand, uh I think it's like anything and people are probably suited to various instruments so a violin is a very challenging instrument it's really difficult I mean, so it's a very awkward thing to hold for one thing right but, yeah i think you know, if you lead from what you really love then as people say and i really agree then that's the way to find your instrument so how did you get started in storytelling uh, it was a long, circuitous route, but I always knew that I loved story from the very beginning. I adored music, and I loved performance, and, and that was very interesting in my case for me because, uh, personally, I was a very gregarious child, but I was also very shy and very unsure about myself, but... It was a long time after getting a degree in English that I finally listened to Heather Forrest. I, I, 15 years out of college, I went to a small school in Vermont called Middlebury College. Mm -hmm. I had wandered through all sorts of careers and selling and, and insurance and secretarial work, and really it was very unhappy for a long time, except 
on my own hours when I'd close the door and sing along to albums or whatever I might have. And I finally got a job as a children's librarian in Springfield, Mass. Mm-hmm. I was at the Mason Square Branch Library in the inner city of Springfield. And it was the first job that had meaning to me. Because I knew that if I were working with children, that that would mean a lot to me. And if I were helping them in literacy and to love literature, that was meaningful because my mother taught me to love books. Mm-hmm. So, And people would grow through those things. And then I saw the world of programs. So I was overwhelmed with the number of programs. And at that time, of course, reading a lot of uh, uh, picture books, but it gave me fluency in meeting with groups of children and groups of parents and children. Right, and right. And I finally, I, I only stayed at the library for about a, a year because I really wanted to do more of my own thing, not being sure what that was. And there was a conference in New Hampshire called the Jordan Miller Conference. I attended it. I heard and saw Heather Forrest perform. And, of course, she sings and plays guitar at the same time. And it was finally, all these years out of college, all these years of longing to find something, a path that meant something that I felt I could do, I had the big aha moment. Right, right. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because I know I was looking at your website and you talk about um, your years of wandering around and, and trying to find your authentic self. And I'm guessing that that's what storytelling has done for you. It's kind of given you a place where you can really be yourself. Yes, yes. It's something so important and I mean, there's so many ways to do that, and it's everybody's ultimately, I think everybody ultimately is facing that in one way or another. But what I found is that if, if I accepted something that was, say, a job, that I would always feel frustrated because I would always feel that it was spending, well, at least 40 hours a week typically, mm-hmm. putting me into tasks that didn't mean enough to me. And I really always felt, I feel very glad that I've had a precious sense of this, even from being little, that, that my own life was very precious. So I wanted to spend it in ways that would have my time, have me singing, have me do things I love. So right. it's not all, you know, it's not all honey, uh, of course, like anything, uh, we do what we love and we spend a lot of time in the, at the computer or a lot of time selling ourselves or a lot of time right. writing brochures or doing all sorts of things or for heaven's sake being in the car. I'm, I'm in that car right. for about 20,000 miles a year. Right. But at the core of it all, I feel I'm doing something that I enjoy and that I can communicate enthusiasm about with others, especially growing young people. Right, and it, and and you know, you're able to uh, have uh, you're building a legacy that means something. I hope so. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about your family. Uh, I'm guessing, like you said, they were very musical. Well, my dad was just a naturally gifted, uh, classic Irish American guy. He was uh, completely at home with people, and he was a salesman, just a very naturally talented salesman because people loved him, and he was so comfortable to, and fun to be around. Uh, he was very funny. He was uh, just would tell great stories and jokes and get around with people. So he was a big influence, and uh, although he, you know, he never sang professionally, he never really worked at his music, but I- I'll give you an example. In his later years, uh, he passed away in 2001, uh, um, he was in 
a nursing home, and he was supposed to have therapy with others there, other patients there, and the therapist had forgotten her boombox. So my father just sang while they all danced and moved in a circle. <laughs> I mean, he was really unashamed about the thing. And my mother never gave herself credit, but um, in actuality, she was a, a classic 50s housewife who would have had a career in another uh, decade or so, I think. Um, she was a really bright woman, but she would take care of the house in that classic 50s way, and she would put on Barbra Streisand albums, Frank Sinatra, Judy Garland, all this music from that era played a lot in her house. Mm. And she actually sang with incredible phrasing and deep feeling, and it was so nice to hear her in the background. But it did pass on me. You know, my sister loves to sing, and my brother did. He is a jazz drummer. He lives in L.A. Oh, now. Great, he's great. really a great musician. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's so wonderful that when music plays such a part. My my question for you is, um, how, how does how do you weave music into your storytelling? That's a wonderful question. Now it seems to come fairly naturally. Um, there are several ways, though, that I do think about it. Sometimes I might start with a song to lead into a story or even just sing something. But more typically, the way that I weave music into my stories is any time a story has a, rep- a repetitive pattern, which, of course, you know, as a storyteller, is something that happens all the time in mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I might take a chant or refrain, and instead of just saying it or speaking it, sing it. Mother, mother. That, just a little voice will come right in. Mm-hmm. I always want to practice it that way. Eldest daughter, what will you take? The big one with my curse or the blessed little cake? In the Three Girls in the Journey cake story. Right, right, right. A lot of people know. So, and also it gives me an opportunity to invite my audiences of any age to sing along with me. So I'm always looking as a storyteller to use music and the telling and gesture and all the tools we have at our disposal to engage the audience to make them co-creators in the show. That way it's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, I can just, uh, I, I, you know, it's like you really, as a storyteller, everything that you use in your entire body is a, the instrument of the story. That is true. That you is know? true. And, and I always picture when I'm standing there, I always picture myself with my arms out, like I'm giving the audience a big hug, even though I might not actually be in that pose. But, but emotionally, psychologically, feeling we're all in a circle of a hug together. I know this sounds a little corny, but... Really, I, I do feel that we are wrapped in this thing. And I also feel a sense of a rolling, rolling wheel that I'm seeing words that I've learned by heart, uh, as you know, not the memorized words generally, but by heart to create right. images. And I know that they're all creating images as they sit in their seats. And if they were to draw those images, they would all be different. Oh, absolutely. But we are imagining together. And so I get a sense of the audience that then feeds into how am I put out the next part of the story and it really does affect the telling each time so it's it's always fresh it's always new you can tell the same story forever i think can't you oh yeah yeah you know and and storytelling is such an intimate art form that uh, that people really 
it, it, it seems like it's easier for people to feel like they can they can actually participate and get involved because it is uh, that openness, that open uh, room kind of a feel to it that, you know, I, I've heard people say things out loud. I've heard people laugh and clap and because they really feel connected in a way that other uh, other art forms don't necessarily convey. It's true, and you're reminding me of a, a little piece of wisdom I heard a long time ago, and I don't always keep in mind, but I think um, I remember hearing, I think it was Howdy Doody who was asked, um, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but was asked, you know, how do you do this all the time? And he said, I always think of just one little buckaroo out there, you know, just <laughs> one person. <laughs> yeah, because it might be that person's night when they hear a story that really connects with them. And, you know, another story might wash over you and you're in the audience, so not really hit you, but another one will will really get you where you live, where right. you are feeling in that moment, in that time in your life. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a little break right now, uh, and we'll be right back. This is Chris Hillenberg with Hero Women Tell, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. So we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Hi, this is Gina Tremarco with the Martini Meeting. Listen to the Martini Meeting with Eileen Soizan and myself every Thursday at 2.30 p.m. on Zeus Radio for hearwomentalk.com. Hi, this is Kay Van Hoosen, founder of Hear Women Talk. Every Monday, you can return to love with Jen Ward and Genuine Healing. Jen is an empath, a healer, and an intuitive, and Jen will show you how to remove blockages, heal yourself, and feel love. That's Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravel Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa, featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843-361-2700 or visit Myrtle MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advanced tickets. The Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Welcome back to Hear Women Tell. This is Chris Hillenberg, your host, and today we're talking with Mary Jo Maychak. And uh, Mary Jo, I um, tell me a little about who your mentors have been in storytelling. Oh, that gives me pause for thought. 
when I was just getting into storytelling, even though I didn't have a lot of crackers, I got myself down to Jonesboro, Tennessee. In fact, at one point, uh, you may be familiar in the festival, they always ask people to stand up for however many years you've been going. And one year it was the eighth year, and I thought, well, I'm going to do something different next year just for a change. That being said, going to Jonesboro and listening to one teller after another, that really I feel I've learned more from that experience from listening to those tellers mm. than anything. Um, yeah, I, t- I took a workshop with Joe Callahan many years ago, but hearing Donald Davis, Doc O'Connell, Jackie Torrance, mm. Andrea Belcher, I mean, there's so many more, so it's like, since the Academy was, you don't want to leave anyone out, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you learn osmotically from just hearing, and in fact, every once in a while, somebody will say, are you, are you Southern? Which may intrigue your listeners, because <laughs> once in a while, I think up a little of that delicious accent because I went to Tennessee so many times and so oh, many yeah. storytellers uh, that were my mentors and models had an accent. So right, <laughs> right. I, I you know, in talking about um, the festivals and uh, the uh, like, sharing the fire. It's just it's a it's a wonderful event. And you know, I remember the first year that I went and I first just first met Brother Blue. Oh yeah, I thought. Wow, these people are so interesting, and there's so many different kinds of people and so many different kinds of storytellers, and yet you really felt, and I'm sure it's still this way, that that this is a special group of people who come together um, over this art, this art of storytelling, um, as a common thing that they all have a passion to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is uh, true. And and you walk out of there and you're like, this is what I want to be when I grow up. It is a very very comforting group of people. Uh, there's there's definitely something special about going to storytelling groups. And I will say, most uh, so many times when I go to sharing the fire in March, I'm like so many people just exhausted, and I think, oh no, I don't want to go. I don't want to have another trip, even if it's a couple of hours. It's not a big deal. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I always come back saying, thank heavens I went. I just feel so buoyed up by the friendships and the common love of story. And I, I used to say, even at Jonesboro, I used to feel like, well, you know, if I leave my knapsack here, it is going to be there, or somebody's going to sit there and guard it till right. I find it again if I lose something. Oh yeah, exactly. Around yeah. storytellers, they're, they're good people. Yeah. Now you you've got a new program you're doing for adults. Is that I right? I am. I'm very excited about it. Oh, good. Tell me a little bit about it. Thanks. Uh, well, a couple of years ago, I started returning. Uh, I live in Holyoke, Mass., and I started returning an hour up the Massachusetts Turnpike to my hometown of Pittsfield, a place that I still visit a lot because the Berkshires, as you surely know, are just a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. fascinating yeah. cultural things going on all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's now called the Berkshire Music School, and I began to take a class in cabaret singing hmm. so and by that um, don't conjure up Liza Minnelli please <laughs> it's more um, the pursuit of excellence with the great American songbook and you know, songs by Gershwin and Irving Berlin um, Held Arlen Cole Porter and, and so many more that are wonderful that I'm studying now but I started taking voice uh, again as I've done on and off with a wonderful person named Sherry 
James Buxton, who has had a um, great career as a singer and is a marvelous teacher. So I've, I have spent many, many hours all alone preparing for this class, just doing vocal technique, you know, trying to sing from the belly and not from the throat, and to enjoy the, these songs. So the group is actually now called Cabaret to Go, and occasionally we have some really fun performances. Hmm. And so you turn this into a, an adult program that you do? Well, yes, I've begun to give this as a program of songs. Um, there've been, it hasn't been a mainstay of my promotion, really. Although mm-hmm. it's all, you know, something that I'm always working on. Uh, last year, I had a number of engagements at various places, like assisted living or council on aging places. Uh, but last week was a real career highlight. Uh, I made it to the stage of the Colonial Theater in Pittsfield, oh. and the Colonial is just the most dazzlingly eye candy gorgeous oh, yeah. uh, renovated theater uh, it was thrilling to be there isn't that where james taylor played when he early early on didn't he play at the colonial yeah, it, it must have been somewhere else cause uh. because the Colonial was a vaudeville theater, like so many theaters that have been closed and then renovated. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, perhaps, Hillary Clinton went to Pittsfield and began to raise money for the renovation of this historic theater. Hmm. I mean, uh, very just it was a place where my dad in the 30s would have seen vaudeville acts. But it was closed and boarded up from 1952 until about three years ago. Mm. And they finally managed this renovation. So it was really exciting. It was part of the Berkshire Arts, uh, Berkshire Forum, which is a, a brand new entrepreneurial effort to get all the heads of major cultural institutions in the Berkshires to talk with each other about the conjunction of arts and entrepreneurship. And, and Pittsfield is such a wonderful area. My partner's parents are from there originally. Really? And uh, we, we go out periodically. Her brother went to, um, what's the school out in Pittsburgh? It was a private school for a while. Or Pittsfield. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but yeah, that the lots of family okay. connections there, and it's just a beautiful area, absolutely it is a beautiful gorgeous. area. Yeah, it's a gorgeous area, and it's so sweet for me. And if I go and I work in my classes, or I or I have a show there, that I I will often just drive by my old house and take a little look and say, yeah, yep. here we are. That's where I grew up, absolutely. Yeah. Now your your husband has a, a business. I know you've got something called. Uh, Maycheck Arts. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Can you get, just tell us a little bit about that? I'd love to. Um, my husband, Greg Maycheck, is um, very special and he's very talented. Some years ago, he began to take art classes. This is after a long career in social services. Mm. Um, and he pursued it to the point where he got really good. So he's a pastelist, and he makes most of his life by giving workshops in the art of pastel. Like myself, Chris, he travels around the state, mostly Massachusetts at this point, and he does two-hour workshops that are hands-on adult workshops and how to how to use pastel. And he'll take um, someone like Da Vinci, or this year will be the focus of Georgia O'Keeffe mm. or Monet, and you will paint like one of these masters along with Greg. So yeah, it's been a great thing. We have this, we have our life together, and we also have this business together. Oh, that's awesome! And pastels are not easy. No, oh, he's 
they're beautiful, aren't yeah. they? Just oh, they are. They color. are. Yeah. I admire people who can use color and pastel and do these wonderful things with it. Um, now, so he does these workshops. Do you do workshops? I do give workshops. On occasion, I will do professional development. With, um, say preschool teachers in the art of telling stories and how to use them in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, Head Start contracted with me last year in the area so that I could um, do some workshops with families and have parents learn, well, not only how to tell stories, but that how important it is for them to tell stories mm-hmm. with their children, that the link between storytelling as pre, uh, pre-literacy or illiteracy is a really vital and a really fun and doable thing. I, yeah, yeah, I have a great time at those workshops. You know, I, I, and I, when I was reading your website, which, by the way, is a wonderful website, and if people want Thank to go you. to it, it's www.maryjo, that's M-A-R-Y-J-O, Machik, M-A-I-C-H-A-C-K. Um, that you were talking about storytelling in school and how important it is, and uh, you know, you, it was there were some things in there that I never even thought about as far as um, how we we really learn the language through speaking, and uh, then we hone it in classes later. But really, it's a way that it, it helps us think. It helps us learn to think, and uh, you know, I just thought that was really interesting. And, and I was going to ask you to share with our listeners what you think that children gain through storytelling in in the classroom. Well, it is a very immediate connection between the teller and the listener. So let's say the teacher tells the children a story. Uh, Books, I am a total devoted fan of the importance of reading books. But it is one thing in between the teller and the child. So with storytelling, you are making an emotional bond that's very close and unifying with the group as a whole. I and mean, there's eye contact there and the expression and the warmth of your voice. So as a teacher, I mean, of course, when we tell them with children we can hold in our laps, that's another cuddly thing that's mm-hmm. added on to it. Right. But they're hearing the music of language. They're understanding the sense of the language. They're getting an inner introduction to vocabulary so that when they meet it later, it will actually be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they say storytelling can really help children build their self-esteem by being recognized as a as an important person, a listener. And when they're invited to, you know, chant along or tell along or physicalize it or do hand plays with the stories, it gets even more dynamic. There's a lot more on that. And it's really nice that there's more literature coming out with some empirical data about how storytelling affects the brain and, and how it really is a strong thing. I mean, storytellers always have felt innately that we know this is a really valuable educational experience, but of course we live in a world where you have to have data. You have right. to have data to prove things. So that's right. That's- Coming out, I know Kendall Haven has had some significant work in this area as oh, well. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, you know what? We're going we're gonna to take another break, and uh, we'll come back. Uh, this is Chris Hillenberg with Hair Women Tell, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. So stick around, because we're going to have Mary Jo tell us the story in just a minute. Hi, 
this is Jessica Dorvaj, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. The definition of guru is to lead from darkness to light, and one who is regarded as having great knowledge, wisdom, and authority in a certain area, and who uses it to guide others. Join us on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Where Is My Guru show, where gurus from the areas of art, travel, creative activism, wellness, and the spa share their infinite wisdom and maybe a glass of wine. Fridays at 3 p.m. right here on Hear Women Talk Radio. This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest-growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Attention boppers, shaggers, and swingers. Join us at the J.B. Floyd Community Center in North Myrtle Beach Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for the fast-paced excitement of the Swing Syndicate. Study the swing styles of Jitterbug, Double Time, Lindy, West Coast, East Coast, and Show. Sure to be a big hit on the Grand Strand. That's the Swing Syndicate, Wednesdays, 7 o'clock, at the J.B. Floyd Community Center in North Myrtle Beach, 1030 Possum Trot Road, Wednesdays, 7 o'clock. Hi, folks. This is Private Investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all of your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone? If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at AbramsForensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at AbramsForensics.com. That's AbramsForensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code A. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Welcome back to Hear Women Tell. This is Chris Hillenberg, your host, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. And today we're talking to Mary Jo Maycheck. Hey, listen, I know you have a story to tell us today, and I'd love to hear it. Why don't you go ahead? Thanks so much. Well, as a little intro, one of my hobbies all my life has been to play around with foreign languages, and having studied a lot of French through school years, I finally decided a couple years ago that it would really be fun to know something about Italian. Now, my father was Irish-American. There was no Italian in our family spoken. So for anyone who speaks a language as it should be spoken, who knows? You can give me a call and help me out here. (laughs) But I would like to share, since it's coming on the season of ghost stories, an Italian ghost story, and I must credit Italo Calvino. You can look this story up in his wonderful collection of folk tales. But if you like, as you listen, tell along with me. You may be in your kitchen. You may be in your car. But here, you can say, C'era una volta. C'era una volta. Once upon a time. Now, if you'd like to say some Italian with me, may I suggest, as you say this after me, that you pretend you are throwing a pizza into the air. For me, it always gives it that little zing. So try throwing it in the air. Watch out if they're driving. <laughs> Sarah, una volta. 
c'era una volta there was a man chiamato Giovannin senza paura there was a man whose name was Dauntless Little John Little John without fear perché non aveva paura di niente because he was afraid of nothing and no one Girava per il mondo, traveling around the world, e capitò a uno locale a chiedere alloggio. He stopped at an inn to ask for lodging overnight. Qui posto non ce n'è, disse il padrone. There's no room here, said the padrone. Ma se non hai paura, if you have no fear, however, ti mando in un palazzo. I will show you to a... Perché deve aver paura? Disse Giovannin, why should I have no fear? Well, said the padrone, you should be afraid. Perché ci si senti? Because here it is said, there's no one who could go into that palazzo and come out other than morto, dead. Eh, said Giovannin. You may say this along. Giovannin said, Eh! Eh! I am not afraid. Antigris! No, I'm not, said the padrone. La mattina ci va la compagna con la barra a prendere chi ha avuto il coraggio di passarci la notte. You could say that, right? <laughs> In the morning, the brothers will come from the church next door and they will bring the beer to carry out your dead body. But again, Giovannin, who had no fear, said, eh. What did he say? Eh, eh. Si. Si porto un lume. He took a light, una bottiglia, a bottle, e una sacciccia, a sausage, e andò. He went to the palace. The palace. A mezzanotte, at midnight, he was eating at a great table in front of the great old fireplace in the upper hall. Quando dalla capa del camino, when from up inside the chimney, senti una voce, he heard a voice. Giovannin said, eh, è brutta, throw it down. And what fell down? On a gamba duomo, a man's leg. Giovannin drank a little vino. Then the voice came again. Shall I throw it down? Giovannin said, Ha! <laughs> Buddha, throw it down! <laughs> Another leg. Giovannin bit the sausage and chewed away. You can say it along. Buddha! 
what came down? Un braccio. An arm. Javelin, se misi a fischiare. Ah, bota, bota, bota. A matching braccio, another arm. Giovannin. Un busto a basta da man che si arrampicò le gambe e alle braccia. This great bust of a man joined up with the arms and the legs, and there stood a giant senza testa without a head. was the head which jumped and stuck under the neck of the giant. Lumone spoke. Pilia di lume e vieni. Take the lamp and follow me. No, no, no. You go first, said Giovanni. No, follow me. No, you go first. Well, Giovannine followed, and that giant led him down the hallway, una stanza dopo l'altro, one room after the other, down the hallway of that great palazzo, till they came to a little porticina, a little door underneath a stairway. La pre, open it, said the giant. No, So? The giant, con una spalata, with a shove of the shoulder, opened the little door, and there was a circular staircase. Shandy, go down. No, you go down. The giant led the way, down and around the staircase, till they came to un sotterraneo. A basement. And there was a great stone slab in the floor of that basement. Alzala, lift that stone. No, you, you, said Giovannin without fear. And so the giant lifted that laughter, that stone from the earth, as if it were no more than Pietruzza, a little pepper. Giovannino. Time to practice your Italian and say it again. Giovanino. L'incanto è rotto. The spell is broken. Of these, underneath, you will see three marmite d'oro. You will see three pots of gold d'oro. And of these, una e per te, one is for you. One is for the brothers at the church next door. And la terza, the third, is for the first poor person who comes along. The palace you may keep for yourself, 
for the people who lived here in the spell that reigned are not needed any more. Well, Jovanine watched as the giant carried the three mamite d'oro, the three pots of gold, back upstairs into the great hall by the fireplace, by the chimney, whence he had come. And with a word, he said goodbye. In parts, the giant went up. The arms, the legs, whoosh, 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 the head, brrrr, and he said goodbye in Italian, which you know is Arrivederci. Oh, Giovannin. Giovannin became a rich man, Rico. And in the morning when the brothers came from the church expecting to find his dead body, ah, what did they find? Giovannin sitting in a window, if we have a pipa, smoking his pipe. Well, he lived a long and happy life. Ah, Felice. A long and happy life. And do you know, life is so strange. How could it be? But Giovannin lived so long, without fear he lived. And one day, when he was a very, very old man, for the first time in his life, who knows how, who knows how it is even possible? For the very first time, Giovannin saw his shadow, and he died of fright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh. <laughs> Find out, Italo Palvino. <laughs> oh. oh, that was Thank great. Thank you. Thank you oh. for listening. Oh, you're Thank welcome. You know, <laughs> oh, well, uh, such as it was. Yeah. Now, listen, we're so. I'd love to. You're very busy in October, and I'd love to list these. Do you have your dates of when you're performing on your website? Um, actually, I was in discussion with the web people today, and they will be posted within a few days. Oh, so good. Very, well, let, very let's, give them, let's give order. them your website again. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give them your website and your uh, other ways to get a hold of you as far as email. Thanks. It would be great. My website is my tricky name. So it's Mary Jo, M-A-R-Y-J-O, Maychak, M-A-I-C-H-A-C-K, dot com. And you can email me at emjay7 at aol.com, emjay7.com. So it's MJ spelled out. And I would love to hear from any of your listeners. This is a wonderful opportunity, and I really appreciate it oh, so I'm much. Oh, so, I'm so glad you could join us tonight. Yeah, I'm so I'm glad you could join us today. And, and like I said, you're very busy all through October. So I'd love to see anybody and love to hear that they heard about it on your program. I think it's terrific you've created this. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Mary Jo. I, I'm so glad you've been with us. And this is uh, Chris Hillenberg with Hear Women Talk, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. Stay tuned for our next segment with Linda Goodman with News and Reviews. Hi. 
Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try, Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife? Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Donna. Join us Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern right here on hearwomentalk.com. <laughs> Friday's the day. Here, hey, We're just hush. I'm doing this. Friday's the day. Hearwomentalk.com is the place for fun and fantasy, entertainment, and it's dirty. And information. It's sexy. Right here on Hear Women Talk Radio. It's sassy. We'll be here. You should be too. You're going to love it. Hi, this is Kay Van Hoosen, founder of Hear Women Talk. Every Monday, you can return to love with Jen Ward and Genuine Healing. Jen is an empath, a healer, and an intuitive, and Jen will show you how to remove blockages, heal yourself, and feel love. That's Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Welcome back to Hear Women Tell. This is Chris Hilleberg. I'm your host. This is where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. And now we have Linda Goodman with us for a review. Uh, Linda, I understand that you have a review for us t- today of uh, Mary Jo Maycheck. Just talk to her. Yeah, I'm going to uh, read my review of her CD, Missing the Muffin Man. You know, Mary Jo is a minstrel and a storyteller and... She is a wonderfully engaging person, and she's written this story of a young girl who's in search of a treasured friend. It's set in Charles Dickens, London, and it's the perfect companion piece to A Christmas Carol. Indeed, with this CD, Maychak long admired for her considerable storytelling and singing talent, makes her mark as a writer of note. In the process, she's raised the bar for all those who aspire to enter the realm of telling tales. The story's protagonist is 10-year-old Jenny Wright, who becomes distraught after going three weeks without seeing her beloved Muffin Man. After all, in his absence, she is forced to spend afternoons with her stern governess rather than have tea with her adored mother. How she longs to hear the ringing handbell that announces the Muffin Man's arrival. How she misses the special wink that is a secret code between them. Jenny does what any curious child would do if given the opportunity. She takes her terrier pike and sets out to find her friend. Her search leads her on an adventure that is both exciting and frightening. The streets of London come to life with street mongers, beggars, flower stalls, 
and D's. Maychak paints the scene so clearly that the listener can see the squalor and the chaos. The listener can hear the shouts and bells so loud that conversation is impossible. Jenny's seemingly innocent escapade takes a dangerous turn when she has a run-in with a body snatcher. An orphan boy who calls himself Six comes to her aid. Six proudly proclaims to be a thief. Better thieving than begging, he tells her. At least Stephen has some skill to it. He advises Jenny for her safety to be entertaining. Jenny takes his advice, and the result is her creation of the classic children's song, The Muffin Man. While the origins of this song are not known, Maychak's story certainly seems plausible. No review of Maychak's work could be complete without mention of the remarkable tool that is her voice. Using several English accents to perfection, she gives each of her characters a distinct voice. But the listener always knows who is speaking. Her rhythm and timing are impeccable, and her singing is a delight. Maychak's CD cover portrait is a pastel painting entitled Homage to Renoir by her husband, Gregory John Maychak, a talented artist in his own right. Mm -hmm. The portrait is the perfect complement to the story. The inside cover has a 19th century muffin recipe that is sure to delight both culinaries and those who taste their wares. So put on a pot of tea, warm an English muffin, and put this CD on to play. You will not be missing the Muffin Man for long. <laughs> Great review, Linda. And if you want your own copy of Missing the Muffin Man, you can go to www.maryjoemaychak.com. And Maychak is spelled M-A-I-C-H-A-C-K. Oh, that's great. Linda, I understand that you are getting ready to go back into storytelling full-time. That's absolutely right. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm leaving my job as an accountant November the 12th, and uh, I've already got several weeks of uh, work lined up. So. Oh. Well, that's great. I'm so excited. You are a wonderful storyteller. Well, thank you. And I think that uh, anyone who uh, will be able to go and hear you perform your stories is going to be very pleased and happy. And uh, you're just the best. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope they'll be pleased and happy. Otherwise, I'll have to go back to Canada. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I don't think so. Well, and this is Chris Hillenberg with Hair Women Tell. We interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. We'll be right, right back with the news. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. This is Donna Tyson inviting you to join me for Rivers of Faith every Tuesday morning from 10 to 11 Eastern Standard Time here on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. That's galore. Visit our store at 4822 Highway 17 at Barefoot Landing. We have the largest source of hats in the greater Grand Strand area. Tilly, Stetson, Indiana Jones, Wallaroo, Top Hats, Mad Hatter, Derbies, Felts, Fedoras, Cowboy, Golfer, Driver, Life is Good. We carry a large selection of women's fashion hats as well as Red Hat Society hats. We also have an assortment of umbrellas, canes, and walking sticks. Hats Galore, located at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach. We are the best source for hats in the Grand Strand area. Hats Galore at Barefoot. 
Com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See it- another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa. Featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Welcome back to Hear Women Tell. This is Chris Hillenberg, your host. Uh, where we talk to professional storytellers to find out the story behind the story. And now it's time for our special uh, segment with Linda Goodman with the storytelling news. How are you, Linda? I'm doing fine. How are you, Chris? Oh, very, very well. Uh, What do you have for us for news tonight? A couple of exciting things. First up, on October 23rd at 7.30 p.m., that's a Saturday, Mm -hmm. Master Storyteller Antonio Roja will be presenting Tales Dark and Light, as part of the Telling Moments Storytelling Theater Concert Series. And uh, the performance will take place at Seekers Church on 276 Carroll Street, that's Carroll with two L's, Northwest, Washington, D.C. Tickets are $12, $11 for seniors and students. Limited seating, so if you want to go, you should buy your tickets soon. You can make reservations by emailing tel. M-O-M-E-N-T, tail moment, at verizon.net. Or you can call 301-838-9614. If you need more details, you can check out the website, www.tellingmomentstheater, all one word, dot com. And, and when was that? That was Saturday? Saturday, October the, the 23rd. And it starts at 7.30 p.m. Okay, awesome, awesome. That sounds great. It is. It's going to be wonderful. You know, Antonio is a mime as well as a storyteller. Oh, is he? And, uh, yeah, he, and he's a wonderful mime as well. During the first half of this show, he's going to play a tribute to Halloween by, by presenting several somber and blood-curling tales from around the world. And the second half, 
will be dedicated to his original family stories from his home company, country of Brazil. Oh, oh that's excellent. That uh, sounds yeah, great. Yeah, it's going to make for a wonderful evening. I, ho- I certainly hope to be there. Yeah. And um, you have something else for us, too, right? Yeah. On November the 6th, from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., at the Workhouse in Lorton, Virginia, um, the Saturday series, VASA Saturday series, their second annual uh, day of storytelling on a Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a day of workshops, coaching, and a storytelling concert followed by a swap at the Workhouse, which is an art center at 9601 Ox Road in Lorton, Virginia. Workshop leaders will be Katie and Otto Ross, Marilee Palanche, Linda Goodman, Mm-hmm. Linda Fong, Linda, Lynn Ruhlman, Jane Dorfman, and Barbara Efron. And performing in concert will be Denise Bennett, Linda Fong, Megan Hicks, and Bill Mayhew. Uh, and if you'd like to register for this, you can call area code 703-584-2900, or you can go to the website www.workhousearts.org, and you can register there. And you said that was from 10 to 10? Yeah, and it's a wonderful day. You'll be wow. exhausted at the end of it, but I was there <laughs> last year. And, you know, if you get too worn out by the storytelling, you can go visit the artist in their shops. There are probably 100 shops really in, in this particular place. I, I think the story is it used to be a prison, and they've actually re, um, refurbished it and made it a, a beautiful art center. Wow. What kind of art do they have there? They have uh, stained glass, they have pewter, they have paintings, mm. uh, they have macrame, you name it, they have it. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So, of course, that day the highlight is going to be the storytelling. Right, right. Get the arts with the arts. Right, absolutely. Well, that sounds great, Linda. Thanks so much for sharing the news with us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And this is Chris Hillenberg with Hear Women Tell, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. Thanks for being with us today. And uh, join us again Wednesday between 3 and 4. This is Chris Hillenberg, and have a great day.